You're listening to Satellite Sisters. What's a Satellite Sister? The person you call when the best thing in your life happens or the worst. The person that gets you up, gets you going, and gets you through. And every once in a while, changes your mind. This podcast is part pep talk, part weekly check-in. Like grabbing coffee with a friend. Thanks for being here. Welcome to the Satellite Sisterhood. I am Liz Dolan. I'm a former corporate executive, pretty much full-time podcaster, and I live in Santa Monica, California with my little dog, Hooper. I'm Julie Dolan. I've moved 17 times, nine locations. I call Dallas, Texas my home now. I have a nice husband and five grandchildren. (laughs) A pretty nice husband, yes. Uh, Our sister Leon is away this week, as we told you. We have a couple of stunt sisters and some real sisters. We've got all kinds of excitement on today's show. Uh, Tuesday Trends, later on, uh, Sheila and Monica are going to be back, Julie. They did a little Tuesday Trends segment, which is, this is this your favorite. Is, it's very unique. It's it's the Sheila and Monica version of Tuesday Trends. And Tuesday Trends will never be the same after this. <laughs> and then we are being joined by Kate Casey. Oh, this is really going to be fun. I'm looking forward to talking to Kate. She is a comedian, an author, and host of the podcast, Reality Life with Kate Casey, which if you haven't listened to it, you should. We'll put a link in our show notes. She's considered the Diane Sawyer of reality television interviewing reality stars of the past and present. Julie, how about that? She knows her reality TV, Liz. This is a fun podcast. If you're into any of the reality shows, you want to listen to Kate. Um, and she's going to tell us about a, a, a an unusual one that I haven't been watching, but I'm looking forward to hearing what she has to say about it. Right. That goes beyond reality TV, a great documentary that I have also watched a lot of. And she's currently pregnant with her fifth child, too. So you don't hear that very much. We got to ask about that, right? We sure do. <laughs> so some top TV and then a little bit about Kate's life. So, okay, here we are. It was it was just an exhausting weekend all the way around, was it not? <laughs> it was just people just had a lot of things they had to accomplish in various uh, times of the day. So we're going to talk about the royal wedding, mm-hmm. and then we're going to. You have a strong point of view on graduations because you attended yep. your nephew's graduation, right? That's right. I have four points, key points about graduation. Okay. Yep. All right. So let's hang on. Let me just, I'm going to start the timer here because I totally forgot to do that. I'm going to reset. So, okay, here we go. Royal wedding. Um, despite my best laid plans, I did not get out of LA in time to make it to Northern California. You know, oh, Julie, how I told you, too bad, Liz. I was going to my friend Lawrence for a slumber party. And then one thing led to another on Friday and it was just too late to make my move. So I had to go to plan B. And the first step in plan B, of course, started with going and buying some scones for myself because I had <laughs> I had been assuming that Lauren would be providing the scones. So I needed to get my own scones. So the next That's nice you did that for yourself, Liz. I mean, you know, <laughs> you could have just had a bowl of Cheerios or something, but you you know, you were in the moment, you were being yes. festive. And I loved all the pictures that people put on our face our group Facebook page of their, you know, uh, what they were eating and drinking while they were watching the royal wedding. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yes, it it was very exciting. My friend Robin texted me and like, well, I'll get into that. But she went to a party at three o'clock in the morning where she wore her pajamas and a fascinator. So I think (laughs) I think a lot of Satellite Sisters got into the spirit of it. So then I needed to decide how do I want to watch it? Because every channel in the world seemed to find some excuse to cover the royal wedding. Right. 
So right. I there decided, was a, yeah, there were a lot of different angles, perspectives. Some had better camera shots. Mm-hmm. Some had better um, color commentators. Who'd you go with, Liz? Well, I decided because it was going to be three o'clock in the morning for me, I didn't want to be switching around too much. Just too many. I didn't want uh, whatever. So I, my number one channel was BBC America. I figured that would be the most authentic. But then Good, occasionally... Please. I got CBS. I watched a little bit of CBS on my phone, Julie, because I love <laughs> Liz multi multimedia <laughs> Liz. Okay. Just, you cannot have just one platform open. I like yeah. it, Liz. Okay. Yeah. But you know, I, I love Gail King and we love Tina Brown here at Satellite Sisters and they were both on CBS. So I wanted to make sure that I saw that. And here was the real snafu at my house. My TV has been broken for like six weeks, and I've just been like too lazy to get it fixed. And I wasn't really stressed about it because if I needed to watch something, I could use my Roku box or something. But my actual cable was not working. So it was Friday lunchtime when I realized, oh, my God, I'm not going to be able to record anything. I'm not going to be I, I can't even get CBS on my TV right now. So I, I, had the la- I had the last minute emergency call to Time Warner Spectrum Charter, whatever my company is called now, to see if there's any way I could get them to come in and address the uh, TV issue. And the answer was no. So that's why that's why I watch CBS on my phone, because despite the big giant TV I have with all kinds of bells and whistles, I could not actually get CBS. Anyway, no time to fix that. So then on Friday night, I uh, preset the channel. Uh, I pre-made the coffee, of course, because you don't want to do anything too complicated. I woke up at 3 a.m. and I settled into my living room because, as I've mentioned on Satellite Sisters before, I disabled the television in my bedroom about a year ago because I just decided that watching TV in bed was not healthy. And Mm -hmm. I totally regretted that on Saturday morning. (laughs) You yes, know? I know. I was, I was like, as you started to say that, I was like, well, why'd you get out of bed? It's three I, in the morning in I California. Know. Why not just stay all cozy in your bed with Hooper yes. and watch the royal ceremony? Okay. That would have been totally it. awesome. It would have been awesome. I still have the giant TV on the wall. I just don't, no longer have a cable box or anything in there, and it's not connected to anything. So, no, I had to get up and go into the living room. Hooper was a little confused about that. You're right. He's like, I don't understand why we're moving at this hour. So here are my highlights. And then you can chime in with yours. Number one highlight is sort of the crazy mix of people. You know, some were expected. Of course, you got your Cloonies. And some were unexpected, like my man James Corden. I was so happy to see James there, weren't you? Yes, that he he looked happy to be there, Liz. Yes. yes. I love Idris Elba. I expected him to be there. I was happy he was there. Tom Hardy. Yes, I enjoy, I always enjoy seeing Tom Hardy. I thought the princesses on their best behavior, what are their names, like Eugenie and mm-hmm. whatever, that other one? They looked s- subdued. They weren't They weren't trying to, they didn't have the crazy fascinators on. Yeah, those look, they looked pretty subdued. Yeah. Were you, I was slightly disappointed by that, but then good for them. Uh, they obviously got a talking to from their mother and father, and they were on their best behavior. Next thing, just the brothers. I mean, come on. When the brothers got out of the car and just walked up to the chapel together... I mean, you're a mother of two boys. Did, didn't that just warm your heart? That warms your heart. Yes. I mean, I, that's, I, I cried many times dur- during the morning watching this. That, I got choked up at that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Next on my list, the dress. For me, a total A+. I thought she looked gorgeous in that. And that her diadem or tiara or whatever they call that thing, 
That is super hard to pull off. I like the fact that she just focused on big statement there and the rest of it elegant and beautiful. She looks fabulous. I love the dress. I love the veil, the tiara, the whole thing. Yep. Yes. Her hair, her makeup, A+. plus. Yes. The music all the way around, awesome. I mean. Wow. I just amazing. Okay. Uh, when, you know, they started to, when the choir started to sing, uh, that, I, that was another big tear-jerking moment for me. You yes. got chills for that. Yes. I loved that. I love Stand By Me. That was Oh, gorgeous. that's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. That's what I was just... Right. I was, uh, and yeah. the cellist, I mean, it just... Oof, wow. He was amazing. Okay, so the brothers, the dress, the music, the mom. Mm-hmm. She was Best amazing. mom ever. I mean, yep. she just looked so proud and so happy. There's a part of me, though, I have to admit, that I wish she had a satellite sister with her, you know? Yeah. Like, just someone yeah. to share the moment with, like, sitting there with her. But you know what? She's such a powerful person. She could totally hold her own space. Yes. I, I mean, she was just, you know, you had so much admiration for her. She looked so beautiful. Yes. She had so much grace and peace. She was so expressive without really making a lot of facial gestures. Mm -hmm. I mean, she just was amazing. Um, I'm going to have to give, you know, Prince Charles uh, an A-plus to Liz. I th thought okay. it was his finest moment both how warm he was walking Megan down the aisle. And then um, as he, you know, gestured and took, uh, took Megan's mother's hand to take her into the rectory to sign the register. Yeah. I mean, I thought he was just lovely to her. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. uh, it was just another one of the really nice moments of, uh, of a spectacular day. I agree. I agree. I thought all of the, yeah, the parents rose to the occasion, which is good because the couple, you know, one thing that made me laugh is when they kept referring to them as the young couple, because, you know, they're not young. They're, no. They're no. Like, I mean, they're a couple and they're. I mean, they're, they're young compared to the queen, Liz. Yes. Okay. Yes. Prince Philip looked a little peaked, but other than, you know, but he's hanging in there. Okay. And the last thing I want to say was a highlight for me was just the beagle. Now, I know the beagle was not in the wedding. But all the news stories about Meghan Markle's beagle, who was a rescue dog that, they, you know, a rescue dog from the southern United States that got moved up to Canada. She adopted the dog in Canada. It came to the U.K. for the wedding. And then the queen actually drove the beagle out to Windsor Castle. And there were all those pictures of the beagle with its head out the window. Talk about scoring. You go I from like a no-kill shelter somewhere. And next thing you know, you're at Windsor Castle. The beagle wins. The beagle wins. Liz, I just, I kept looking at that. I thought, oh, it, please tell me this isn't fake news. Please tell me this is real. Because that, that is the most wonderful story. And I do think there will be a movie about the beagle. I'm sure there'll be children's books. Uh, they're just, that is, that was an amazing thing. Amazing. So I, so lo I'm, I love that. Yes. So I also thought Reverend Curry, uh, and his uh, his homily was just great, you know, 100%. just about the power of love. Yes. Okay, you know, and he was, you know, um, Saint Paul's letter to the Corinthian. You know mm -hmm. how they always say, uh, "Show don't tell." Yeah, he was just showing it. He, he was, was like being the actual Bible verse. He was really doing it. I thought it was, um, I thought it was spectacular and very inspiring. I completely agree. He was completely channeling just the emotion of the whole occasion. Because I got to yeah. say, occasionally when you looked at the faces on the royal family, 
emotional is not the word that you're going to use when <laughs> no, you're looking no. at that. They seem to be studying their programs more time than they were actually looking up. But again, I'm not going to be hard on them because everybody had a wonderful day. It was delightful in every way. And I'm very happy. Yeah. Well, well, as it turned out, I had sort of two spiritual events that day because I was in South Bend, Indiana for my nephew, not your nephew. This mm-hmm. is uh, he is our godson. This is uh, my husband's sister's nep- uh, son was graduating from Notre Dame. We were up there for the graduation. And Liz, how many graduate? I mean, graduations, baccalaureates, we've been to hundreds of hundreds, them because, hundreds. because we come from a big family. And then I worked for a number of colleges and universities. So I've also worked <laughs> at a lot of graduations and baccalaureates. Okay. I have four things to say about Notre Dame. Oh, First okay. of all, forget football. What Notre Dame really excels in is the baccalaureate. Really? Liz, they had a baccalaureate, 15,000 people in the basketball arena. They had 30 priests. They had an orchestra. They had three different choirs. They had a giant American flag. They had incense galore. (laughs) And every single person who could get up somehow went to communion in this continuous flow. And if you could not walk, if you were in a wheelchair and there were plenty of grandparents in wheelchairs, they were also given a blessing blessing or a communion. Liz, I have to tell you, is one of the top 10 spiritual events of my life to be there. Now, I'm not an end really? grad. Wow. I've never been to the campus before, but I just in that arena, the, all those people you know, they, they, they did the mass in seven different languages. It was just, it just, it was a mind blowing experience. So hats off to Notre Dame on that. Uh, you, you win. If NC, if the NCAA was going to have a baccalaureate championship, Notre Dame would win. Mm -hmm. That's what I think. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Second, shout out to the uh, Notre Dame provost. Uh, He was the master of ceremonies at the football stadium. And I think anyone who has to run a graduation should watch him on YouTube because (laughs) he did not utter a single extraneous word. He was respectful. He was acknowledged all the graduates. It was a giant graduation. He acknowledged all the speakers, the award winners. He just kept it moving. It was Perfect, Liz. Perfect. Okay. (laughs) You know, sometimes you go to these graduations, people get a microphone and things happen. Yes. Things go off the rails. Yes. Things devolve. Okay. So that is so. So watch him on YouTube. If you know, if you have to, if you are involved in any kind of graduation ceremonies, because that guy nailed it. Um, my nephew was really disappointed. In fact, he apologized to us when we got there. He's saying, well, I'm sorry, the graduation speaker, you know, we usually have a president or we have a vice president that comes. But this year we have this guy named Judge Morrow from Brazil. Mm-hmm. Now, Liz, you probably know who Judge Morrow was. He is. I've read about public- Judge Morrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Judge Morrow, I mean, he is on Time Magazine's list of most influential people. Fortunes Magazine, he's considered the 13th greatest leader of the world. He is a he is a federal judge in Brazil, and he started with a money laundering investigation. It was called Operation Car Wash. And from this one case, he has now really dealt a systemic blow to the corruption the overwhelming corruption that there was in Brazil, you know, that... Right. Governments uh, have fallen. People are actually going to jail. He's doing the yeah. job. 
He is absolutely, he is an amazing, courageous man. And there, you know, so he is what you want out of a graduation speaker. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't even the words he said. It's the life he's living. I mean, there are death threats against him, but he just said that the rule of law is really what separates us. Mm -hmm. And if you, no one is above the law. And here is someone who is really putting that, you know, he told the graduates, you have to stand up for what you believe. And that even in your most difficult moments, that you're never alone if your cause is just. And that your behavior can inspire other people. And that never to sur- surrender to corruption. And, you know, Liz, you've traveled a lot. You know, we, I have too. Yes. You know, you see how I've insidious over the corruption world. it yes. is. Mm-hmm. And how it, like, really ruins ruins countries and political systems. So hats off to Judge Morrow. If you get a chance to ever see or hear him or read about him, he is fantastic. Oh, that's and great. And then finally, Liz... To the brothers, sisters, mothers, fathers, grandparents, aunts, uncles, friends, cheering their hearts out for all the family members. I was just struck with, you know, it's just a great day. You know, families, sometimes they struggle. We all have difficulties. But that moment when you look around and you just see hundreds, thousands of people just cheering for someone in their family, you know, that's a really great thing. So I I know I am. I am so relieved that it's graduation season because the photos in our Facebook group of everyone yeah. with their kids graduating from kindergarten, middle school, high school, college, they're getting their masters, whatever. They are such happy pictures. Yeah. You know, do of it. People, That's what I say. There's doing no such things thing together. as excessive cheering, Liz. No. Just no. do it. It's good. It's good for your family. It's good for the graduate. And uh, yeah, that was. You know, and I think so it's much... emotionally, it's really helping me get over the royal wedding too, Julie, because there's a little <laughs> okay. bit of a letdown emotionally. Like, okay, the wedding's over. What's gonna, you know, what's gonna make me smile on Facebook now? And it really is all of your graduation photos. We want to see them all in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group. So, okay. So, do you have any more graduations this season? Are you done? I think that's it, Liz. Okay. One. Big, gigantic, fantastic one. Uh, I'm all done. How about you? Are you attending any? Uh, unfortunately, our nephew Daniel is graduating from high school, but they, Brendan, our brother Brendan explained to me that the school forgot to make the reservation in the big place where they have. Anyway, so it's a Thursday morning instead of the time it normally is, and I cannot attend. It's oh, just, you can't it's oh. Thursdays are the days that I record my other podcast. And it's just so I, I will make it to a graduation party, the post party. I will do my best, but I'm going to be missing that graduation. Anyway, okay, let's move on. We have such a full show today. I want to mention one thing about a holiday that's coming up, though. Um, Father's Day, you know, often overlooked, uh, not as important as Mother's Day, but still important. It is still important. So in the event that there's a satellite mister in your life, I just want to remind you that we have satellite mister merch at the Satellite Sisters <laughs> shop. And Good I think, I think if you ordered right now, it might arrive in time. We cannot guarantee, but it might. And uh, so I just want to remind you, Satellite Misters, lots of cool stuff for there. To, to shop at our store, go to our website, SatelliteSisters.com, and you'll see shop in the upper right-hand corner. You can click on that. Or if you're on our Facebook page, not the Facebook group, but the actual page, you can see there, there's a button where it says shop now. Anyway, check that out. So we're going to take a little bit of a break, thank a couple of sponsors, and we are going to be back with Sheila and Monica and Tuesday Trends. 
We'd like to welcome a new sponsor, Julie Dagny Dover. They make these bags that are so great. I know we've both been using some, but it's the fusion of fashion and function, Julie. Is it working for I you? Think they've, I think they nailed it, Liz. Yeah. I love this bag. Yes. So I don't know about you, but my bag is really a black hole. I, I have a tendency to just use like canvas bags that I got at conferences and everything falls to the bottom. My key's down there. I like, where is my phone? These are the bags, the Dagny Dover bags are the bags that are going to solve that problem for you because they're completely committed to keeping us organized while still looking good. So here's here's how it works. We've all been trying the Landon Carryall. Highly recommend for functionality and style. First of all, pockets for everything. Laptop, wallet, phone, water bottle, Julie, which I know is important to you, right? Yes, absolutely, Liz. Yep. It's made of quick-drying, lightweight neoprene, which is really a performance fabric, which you don't think your bag needs a performance fabric? You don't think your bag needs a performance fabric, but then you kind of do because it takes a beating and you're spilling things, whatever, so that's great. It has a detachable crossbody strap, um, which I always use. You know I'm all about the crossbody. Uh, mm-hmm. yes. It also has a shoes duster and an air mesh pouch. And here's what they recommend. Buy one and share with your boo. It's a pretty good his and hers operation. You can go either way with this. So how are you enjoying yours, Julie? Liz, I took my land and carry-all uh, bag to New York. So I used it as my carry-on bag. I loved it because, again, it's super lightweight. That neoprene is great. But I love all the purposeful pockets, you know, that you have one for your wallet, for your phone. You can put your laptop in there. It expands. It was great. Then when I was Urban Nana, my land in carry-all bag became the like the diaper the bag. The diaper bag. So it worked as a was, diaper bag. When wow. I was taking my grandchildren around, I could put my water bottle in there. I had wipes. I had other stuff. I had toys. Again, cross-body bag, so it's nice and light, easy to use. Hands-free. But now, mm-hmm. now I'm using it as my tennis bag, Liz. And I have oh. to say, several people on my tennis team, they're a little jealous of, the, of my bag. <laughs> They've all noticed it because it's perfect for my racket, my water bottle. You can put your, your shoes in there. I love this bag, Liz. Mm-hmm. It's one of the best bags I've ever had. Okay, so here is your chance, Satellite Sisters and Misters. Dagny Dover is offering our listeners 20% off your purchase when you go to dagnydover.com slash sisters and enter the promo code SISTERS. Don't put off getting organized. Really, these bags will change your life. Check them out at dagnydover.com slash sisters. And here's how you spell that. D-A-G-N-E. D-O-V-E-R dot com slash sisters. Use the promo code SISTERS. Get 20% off your order. We promise you will be happy you did. Next up, Julie, speaking of your tennis gear and all of that, we would like to thank our sponsor, Liquid IV. So Liquid IV is for the health-conscious everyday athlete, which I think includes you, Julie Dolan, correct? Yes, I try to aspire to be a conscious everyday <laughs> athlete. I'm certainly not professional, Liz. Okay, so it, I, if, I sweat, I, and I get hot, and I get thirsty, and I get dehydrated. Okay, so here's what it does for you. Liquid IV fuels tough workouts, helps prevent cramping and fatigue, promotes healthy post-workout recovery, Julie, and it's made with clean ingredients and in portable powder packets, which I think is really great. So a couple of key things you need to know. 
it can provide the same hydration as drinking two to three bottles of water, which is perfect for me because I hate drinking water. And I know I'm never drinking enough water. So if I can, uh, when I use this powder and put it in the water and I drink that and I know that I don't have to drink two more bottles of water, it makes me so happy. Uh, It delivers the hydration to the bloodstream faster and more efficiently than water alone. And it contains five essential vitamins, including more vitamin C than an orange and as much potassium as a banana. What more could you want? Julie, what's your experience with it? Well, I use it for tennis, Liz, because, you know, I live in Texas and it's hot here and it's easy to get dehydrated. I like the packets. They're very portable. I can take it to the court, take it to games. They're, you know, easy to mix up. So if you are, if you're into running or hiking or biking or golf or tennis, it's a great thing to do. I also think it's good for travel, Liz. You take a long trip, you know how you get dehydrated on a plane? Right. Again, because they're little packets, you can get that through TSA. Okay, you don't have to worry about bottles of water, or you don't have Good to, point. you know, you're not using, you don't have to carry around big jugs. That's what I like about uh, Liquid IV is how how portable it is. I've recommended it to a number of people. Okay, so we know the Satellite Sisterhood, and especially the Operation Sea Turtle people who are working on your health and wellness programs are into taking good care of yourself. So we love Liquid IV, and we really think you will too. Right now, our listeners get 20% off at liquidiv.com when you use the promo code SISTERS at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order on Liquid IV's website. So it's a spelling situation here, people, so pay attention. This will also be in the show notes in case you're driving and can't write this down. Go to liquid-iv.com and use the promo code SISTERS to get your savings and start getting better hydration. That's liquid and then a dash and then capital I, capital V, dot com, promo code SISTERS. Don't wait. Get hydrated today. Hi, we're back. This is Julie with the Satellite Sisters. And uh, we're doing what I always think of as one of my favorite segments on the show, and that's Tuesday Trends. And we have some very special guests today. Monica Dolan, Sheila Dolan, here to talk about trends that they see from their vantage point. So let's start with you, Monica. What do you see happening in Portland um, as one of the big trends out there? Well, I got something new that's happening at work, and I I wanted to talk to you about it. And I'm sort of glad Leon isn't on the show. (laughs) Why? Why? Because I know Leon doesn't believe in the sharing economy. And so I'm going to talk about the sharing economy now, and we can talk about it openly, and I can ask you for advice if you think this is a good idea for me. So you know I work at a big university medical center where there is very little employee parking. There is something like (laughs) 12,000 employees and 3,000 parking spaces. So That doesn't work. No, (laughs) No, it doesn't. So... My work is always looking for ways to try to increase transportation options. You get, you know, a practically free bus pass. There's this large bike community, bike to work program. They have carpools. And recently they started something called Scoop. Do you know what that is? Sounds like a service for dogs. (laughs) Does that stand for something? Is that an acronym or... What's the deal? No, what that's, is it? The, that, that's the name of the program. So I'll tell you, it's a ride sharing. It's a carpool app. So I just want to preface this by saying that 
my job came with the parking space, which is almost unheard of when I started working there. And so I feel incredibly guilty about having this parking space. Because, you know, the weather is so bad. So this, so I'm thinking of signing up for this. So what it is, is it's an app, it's a program, you have a parking space at work, and you go on the app and you say, I'm going to work Tuesday at eight o'clock. And it matches you up with one of your coworkers, someone that works at OHSU, who needs a ride around the same time. And you pick them up, you bring them to work, and here's the key, you get paid for doing that. So they pay like two or three bucks a ride and you Ooh. make two or three dollars a ride. Yes, 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 you, do it, do it. That's, that's your coffee money right there. And then the same thing on the way home. You say, I'm leaving work about five or 5.30. You go on the app, people that are looking for rides, you get matched up together, you agree a place to meet, and you bring them home. So it started about two weeks ago at work, and I kind of wanted to let the whole system, let them work the kinks out before I signed up for it. So I'm really, I'm thinking about doing it mainly because I can share my, share the wealth of my parking space. Mm -hmm. And I think it would be really fun to meet other people at work. You know, I mean, that was going to be my key question that I asked you. That seems to me the fundamental issue. Do you actually want to meet people at work? And if the answer is yes, that would be kind of a fun way to meet people. It's, you know, especially men, Monica, <laughs> you you have no idea who's going to log on. This, Maybe this they could... just have Sheila in the back seat. She could just sit in your car. And I mean, you could introduce Sheila to the people you drive around, Monica. I mean, you are going to have to talk to people in your car. Do you really want to do that? First well, thing in the morning. That's, that's one of the questions. And we talked a lot about it at work. And this one girl at work has said, well, of course, they'd have to sit in the back seat. And I was like, well, I don't really think that's in the spirit of scoop. I mean, <laughs> these are not strangers you're not uber driver these are people you're supposed to like invite them into the front seat of your car and you know you get to know each other now one of the drawbacks is a your car should be clean i guess yeah Yes, because I believe they can rate you as scooper now I when I I talk to the people at work at I at scoop and I just want to make sure I wouldn't have to put a sticker on my car. <laughs> you know, I just don't want like a lift. I don't want a scoop sticker. It seems like, you know, like for carpool line, Monica, uh, you know, people just have little signs they put in the window. I think you could probably do that. I mean, how far out of your way do you have to drop them off? Can you set the parameters that, you know, like, Hey, I don't want to go any more than like, a mile out of my way on my way home or yes or, you you okay. don't have to they'll set you up with the rides and you don't have to accept the ride but the thing is you kind of have to make a commitment the night before so you make you make the commitment like at nine o'clock at night to do a early morning pickup um now one thing about me is i'm not great with like the gps in the car mm-hmm I don't know what it is, but my phone doesn't always sync up. 
it doesn't always talk to me and tell me direction. So I kind of have to know where I was going before I reach pick someone up. But well, is Scoop, uh, I would assume that Scoop is going to be an app on your phone that has the GPS functionality in it, like an Uber app or a Lyft app. Correct. No? Correct. So, so you're thinking have, that's not going to work? Well, I would have to be looking at my phone. I don't like to do that. Oh, I don't like to look at my phone and get directions. But I'm sure, you know, once you learn where these people live, you can just, you know, pick them up. And then I started thinking, like, at what point, let's say you have a regular person that you like, uh, you pick up in the morning, bring them home at night. What point do you cut out the middleman? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you just, just say, you know, Frank, I'll text you at night. And how about you just give me two bucks for gas? Yes. <laughs> See, Monica, I think you would cave. I think you would just, you're because you're so nice. You would just end up picking up and driving these people all over town. And after a while, you're going to feel awkward about accepting money from these friends and colleagues, <laughs> colleagues and coworkers. I, so agree I think it's going to be, yes. right, it's going to be, I, I mean, you're a wonderful, safe driver. You're, and it's so, you know, you're so responsible, you know, about what, about your parking spot and, you know, wanting to share that. And it's really nice, but I see it as a real lose-lose situation for you. <laughs> yes. You're going to build up a lot of resentment towards these people that you're driving around if you really don't want them in your car anymore and you're not going to be able to say no, Monica, I know you. Yeah. <laughs> Here's an, hey, how about this as an alternative money-making scheme? Could you rent out your parking space like to the night shift or, you know, for people that work different hours than you? No, that would be grounds for dismissal. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. All right. Just throwing it out there. Well, well you know, I'm thinking about just, trying it out for a couple of weeks and just if I don't, you know, it's yeah. no commitment, you know, it's not like, so I'm, I, I am thinking about trying it out first. I have to clean the car, yeah. but <laughs> first step. And you know what, Monica, I suggest some fresh hand sanitizer for your clients, water, <laughs> water bottles. You could get a full car that way. All right. If you decide to do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that is, Monica, we do want to hear more about that. Uh, so either you have to either come back or post on our Facebook group to let us know, because that is a great idea and a great idea for the organization mm -hmm. to share a ride. All right, Sheila, what do you see on the trend horizon? Oh, I see a very, very lucrative trend. All right, I read an article, you know, I've had my business, the Boutique Tutor, for about four years now. And the boutique part is my way that I have one-on-one -on -one connections with kids. And I go to their homes and I help them do their homework. And I've been doing that for four years and I love it. But in New York, um, they have something going on, which is a, a billion with a B dollar industry. <laughs> and it is called the homework therapist. Ooh. So the idea of this is that there are First of all, they are licensed therapists. Um, now, I am not, obviously. I am, I am not. They are psychotherapists during the day who have day jobs in hospitals and private practice. And then they work as a homework therapist in the afternoon. And so they meet with kids and they help them 
sort of get out of the, their uh, self, help them with their self-esteem issues and help them make breakthroughs in doing project work and preparing for tests, et cetera, et cetera, which is exactly what I do. <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. That is what I do. And um, so the homework therapist business in New York, as I mentioned, is a billion dollar industry. Um, How could and, that be? How could that well, be? They charge anywhere from $200 to $600 a visit. So okay. the idea, the idea is, is they can make house calls in an emergency when a child is having a meltdown, which is exactly what I do. Right. <laughs> I, or, you know, kids I, have terrible test anxiety or, you know, things like that. Is that, I mean, but you do all of that. Don't you I, help? I do kids all of with that. that. I do all of that. I will have a parent call me and say, I can't take it anymore. The project's due on Monday. You have to come over. And I make house calls like a doctor, but I am not a licensed doctor. All right. So I read this article and I thought it was very interesting. They, the licensed therapist gave examples of the, a type of problem they would help a child with. So for instance, if a child says to you, I did my homework but I lost it, and now I feel really terrible about myself. The therapist would try to get to the core issues, you know, and try to understand the child, kind of reframe that with them. Where I see my job is saying, go find it. <laughs> <laughs> which is exactly what I do, which is what parents pay me for. <laughs> I, I look at the child who I've known for years and I love and they respect me. And I say, go find that homework right now. And I'm going to wait. <laughs> you go get it. Um, and I help them organize and complete their homework and revise their homework. So um, I just thought, this was very interesting. It's therapists moonlighting with students and making mountains of money. So, uh, Sheila, do you think if you added some psychotherapy fra phrases or terminology to your website that you could uh, boost your rates? Is that what you Julie, Is that what you're thinking? I don't talk to kids that way. I talk to them. When they say, oh, this teacher is terrible, I say, yeah, well, that teacher is probably terrible, but you still have to do your work. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I only have an hour with them, and my job is to help them get their work done. And yes, I listen to their problems. I, I, I hear about, they, give, they rant about their teachers, and I indulge them a little bit in that. I mean, I'll, I'll talk to them about their teacher, uh, but basically, I'm there to help them get their homework done. So I don't know, Liz. I don't know if I need to rebrand myself. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, you uh, want to sound sort of quasi-therapeutic. I think Julie's right. It might just be a few correct phrases on your website that okay. talk about dealing with anxiety, dealing with some of the underlying emotional issues. You don't have to claim any training except experience of working with a lot of kids who are like afraid of tests or all the stuff you were just talking about. But if, right, what, if right. what parents Anxiety. like about your approach is your practical, like, let's go find your homework approach, then that's your brand, Sheila. So stick with that. Okay. But anxiety, that's a good word to throw out there. Yes. yes. Yeah. To help them with their anxiety. Uh -huh. um, and just to wrap this up, I did receive, it, it just so happens I received a lovely thank you note from one of my students 
who graduated years ago. I met him at a party. I brought him a little gift and a note. And I got a thank you note from him, which I think should go on website, which I think just signals that I am somewhat of a therapist. And I just want to give you a, just a section of his thank you note. Can I read that Please, right now? Yes. Right. So my student, my lovely student wrote me and said, I always remember our classroom as a warm environment where we could study different countries and mainly talk about what happened at recess. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? That really warmed my heart because in third grade, it's all about what happens at recess, right? That is life. Yes. I am I am a life coach in that sense. <laughs> just, just don't get arrested for practicing without a license. You know, that's, that's, just set some boundaries about how much therapy you give out. Uh, Julie, I will I will take note of that. Yes. But you know, Sheila, that is a very deep lesson that really what matters is what happens at recess. That's pretty true in life too. I mean, that's true in like anyone on the job. It's not your actual job that is ever the issue. It's right. the stuff that happens in between with the people yes. and the, you know, the drama of it all. So yes. And at, at the Christmas party and all of that. Yes. 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 Yeah. What happens after work yes. uh-huh. or, or in the rideshare car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I can bring it back to our other trend. Whew. Okay, you guys, those are two pretty awesome friends. That's why it's fun to have you back on the show. Sheila Dolan, Monica Dolan, thank you so much for your like special appearance today on Satellite Sisters. All righty. Thank you. Satellite Sisters would also like to thank Salsa Basket for their support of our podcast. These are small batch salsas and gourmet jams, and they're made with no artificial ingredients, and they're jarred by hand. And you know, I am really into these, Julie. Have you tried the mango salsa? I'm a sucker for mango salsa. Mango anything, really. Oh, I bet that would be good on fish, Liz. It's really good, yes. My favorite is the peach habanero jam. I love it, Liz. You know, it's good as like a little appetizer. You can put it on a little cream cheese and a cracker. You got yourself a nice appetizer there. Okay, so they have also the bacon-flavored salsa. I've mentioned that before. That is tasty. So here's the thing about Salsa Basket. Whether it's one jar or a whole case, there's always free shipping. We enjoy this, right, Julie? The free shipping. We love free shipping. I mean, because they're jars, Liz. It would cost a lot of money. (laughs) I mean, that's the nice things. These are very good-looking jars of salsa. So if you're thinking of giving this as a gift, you can feel very good about that. It has a wonderful presentation. You know, you could bring this as a house gift. I I like that. I was just thinking that, Julie. Because during the summer when you visit people and you're, yeah. you're just sort of rolling up in front of their beach house or their lake house, bring yourself a salsa basket. And, you know, you can mix, match and save money by using their pick four, pick six or pick 12 options. So I like that. Like if I know, for instance, you like the peach habanero, I could do yeah. a pick 12. That would be, you know, six peach habaneros, which you like, and six uh, blueberry jams or mango salsas, which I like. And then when I'm staying with you on summer vacation, everybody gets what they want. Are you staying with me on summer vacation? No, I didn't no, know I'm that. The, but that was the but if you do, show up with your salsa basket jam. That would yeah. be great, Liz. You can also sign up for Salsa Monthly and have your favorite flavors delivered to your door every month. 
do that for yourself or do that for your satellite sisters or misters. People would love you for that because Salsa Monthly makes a really great gift. So here's what you do. You visit salsa-basket.com and enter the coupon code SISTERS to get 10% off your first order. Did I just say coupon? Why did I all of a sudden say that? I always say coupon. Whatever. So it's salsa. Again, this is a punctuation thing. Salsa-basket.com and enter the coupon code SISTERS to get 10% off your first order. We have the links in the show notes and also on our website in the blog post for every episode. So salsa-basket.com. Coupon code SISTERS, 10% off your first order. You're going to love it, and anyone you give this to as a gift is also going to love it. So thank you, Salsa Basket. Great, great product. Next up, Julie, ZipRecruiter. Now, okay, Liz. I know we have many, many Satellite Sisters and Misters who run their own businesses or, you know, are in a bigger company but still have to do a lot of hiring. And I, for me... Hiring was always, it's the most important thing you do if you're in a business, but it's also the hardest because great people sort of make or break your business and being able to find them, you think it's going to take forever and it's so daunting. And, you know, you just sort of post your job online and you cross your fingers that the right people are going to see it. Well, that's exactly the problem that ZipRecruiter has solved because they figured there was a smarter way. So they built the ZipRecruiter platform so they go out and find the right job candidates for you. ZipRecruiter learns what you're looking for. They identify people with the right experience and they invite them to apply for your job. It seems so simple and so smart, doesn't it? When you hear it that way, of course that's I know. the way it should I work. Sign me up, Liz, because it, otherwise it's so time-consuming to try to find yes. uh, the right candidates. I think I find it even paralyzing sometimes. Not anymore, but back in the day, it's like, have I really seen everyone I need to see? How do I? How do I really find the people that I want? Well, ZipRecruiter goes and finds them. For you. In fact, 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. Okay, you're not going to get any faster than that. In fact, that's so fast that you could, you could be like, oh my God, now I have to start making decisions. I thought this was going to take forever. <laughs> so, and they don't stop there. You know, they also spotlight they also spotlight the strongest applications you receive so you never miss a great match that can happen too you get this avalanche of applications and maybe you're not as thoughtful as you should be going through the stack so the right candidates are out there and ZipRecruiter is how you find them so here's what you do businesses of all sizes can really trust a ZipRecruiter for your hiring needs so our listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free that's right free so what is stopping you people? Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash sisters. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash sisters. ZipRecruiter.com slash sisters. Because ZipRecruiter really is the smartest way to hire. We are back. This is Liz, and we have a stunt sister here today for Entertaining Sisters. Kate <laughs> Casey is the host of Reality Life with Kate Casey. She's a comedian, she's a writer, and she's a mother of four with a fifth on the way. Kate, welcome to Satellite Sisters. I'm so excited to be here. Huge fan. Okay. Oh, well, that's good. Hi, Kate. This is Julie. We're glad to have you on Satellite Sisters. So happy. So happy. All right, Kate. Well, let's start. We're going to start with Dancing with the Stars because uh, I, I last night was the season finale. And for a brief moment, Kate, I really thought Tanya Harding and her partner, Sasha, were going to win. What did you think? 
I agree. I watched it with my almost nine-year-old, and she was actually quite pissed. She <laughs> thought it was a rip-off. Okay, I have to say one thing. I don't really like Adam Rippon. Rippon. I know I'm probably going to be clubbed somewhere for saying that, but yeah. I always found it really upsetting that he kept in every package saying he was the first out skater. I think Johnny Weir would have a big problem with that. I also found him to be a little bit obnoxious. And you know how his best friend also performed on the show, Mirai? Yes. I thought the two of them together were really obnoxious. I was not a fan. And then yesterday at my daughter's dance class, the woman who owns the dance studio, her husband's a figure skating coach. And she told me the show's not really that fair because the ice skaters, they all get dance training. Of course. Yes. Well, right. I mean, of course the show's not fair. Yes, that's right. But that's why we like it. It never has been. It never has been. I mean, you have entertainers that have been on the show before that have dance training as well. Uh, but I like to be, I like this, this version, the athletes version. And I know dancers are athletes um, because you know, it, we didn't have any of those, you know, comedians that couldn't dance, those bad politicians. Uh, you know, I liked it that we had athletes that were actually, even if they couldn't dance as well as Adam Rippon, that they were competitors. I mean, I love Josh Norman, the uh, the the the, um, the football player from the Washington Redskins. I mean, he was he was bringing it. He was a real competitor. He had a great spirit. He was, you know, dancing beautifully. Certainly Certainly not at the level of Adam and uh, Jenna, but but a, you know he did a really good dance, so I like that. Um, but Tanya, I don't know. I mean, for me, yeah, they were really pushing the redemptive story. Were you buying into that? That this was, you know, this was her chance to to make it right with America. I mean, I guess a little bit. I just I I, I can compartmentalize. I just sort of focused on the fact that she was doing um, disco dancing. And my daughter kept saying, I don't understand what, what, why is she on the show? And I explained, well, she was an ice skater. And then she hit somebody in the knee um, right before the Olympics. She was like, why is she on this show? Which was pretty funny for me to explain. Um, but I, I yes, thought- because there was no Kate, excuse me, Kate, there was no mention of Nancy Kerrigan anywhere who had also been a, a contestant on oh, Dancing she with was? the Stars. I had forgotten yes. about that. Not in this episode, uh, not in this season, Liz, but yes, she has been on uh, Dancing with the Stars and there was no mention of her. So oh, I remember can you that imagine now. how pissed off Nancy Kerrigan was when she heard that they had hired her. She probably felt like the show was pretty loyal to her. I bet you she punched a couple walls in Maine, don't you think? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it was, uh, you know, it, what they were trying to sell Tanya as a redemptive story. And I suppose it was inspiring to see any middle-aged woman totally. who, thinks, who thinks, you know, the best years are behind her. And she got out there and she was very enthusiastic in all of her dances. But Liz, you lived in Portland, Oregon. Mm-hmm. Were you buying into the <laughs> well, Tanya Harding redemptive I, story? I was thinking exactly what you just said, Julie, because I watched the finale but last night, but I had not watched the rest of the season. And I thought she was pretty darn good for just some regular old middle-aged lady. And yeah. so if she was just some regular old middle-aged lady, I totally would have been rooting for her. And at the very end, when she said something about how this was really a highlight of her life, that she felt she had turned a corner, 
I could understand why she would feel that way. You know, yes, she has. I don't necessarily feel that way. You know, I feel sorry for her. Like, okay, we've seen the movie, uh, living in Portland, Oregon, all those years when all of that happened. You just just saw a lot of bad things go on around town with her and her family and her husband and all of that. So I do feel sorry for her. I don't think she necessarily gets redemption in, (laughs) in Dancing with the Stars, but... She danced pretty well for a middle-aged lady. I'm just going to leave it at that. When she was, like, upside down last night or she came down on that thing or, like, they really pushed her all the way. So just on those grounds alone, I give her some points. But I would have been mad if she had won two, Kate. That would not have been, I I think, an appropriate ending to to any season, really. Kate, and here's how we roll on Satellite Sisters. You know, we don't always agree as sisters. So I have to respectfully disagree with you about your assessment of Adam and Jenna. I thought Adam was magnificent. I thought he was an unbelievable dancer. I mean, the leaps, the spins he did. I mean, I thought he was going to lose it because that last freestyle dance he did with the fans, I thought really wasn't that as great. It didn't showcase all of his talents. But um, I was buying into all of his packages um, um, (laughs) and all of his promotion. I liked Adam. My friend is a reporter for Us Weekly, and she went to every single uh, taping. And she told me that uh, Tanya Harding's son did not want to come to the tapings because he was terrified of what people would say to him. He, He didn't like the association with his own mother, which kind of broke my heart. Oh, that is sad. That, that is that's sad. Well, I got to say about Adam Rippon, too. You know, Leon and I had a long conversation with Adam last winter, right before he went off to the Olympics. Oh, no, before he went to the Nationals. And just as a person, I love him. I just think he's smart and funny and thoughtful, and he has worked so dang hard his whole career. So I'm happy to see Adam do well. However, having said that, I did not like that last number either, sisters. I just right. thought yeah. I thought that weird. was just a lot of, yeah, weird marching around the costumes, the bowl cut. He really thought he was going to get points from America for the bowl cut. Mm, I don't think so. <laughs> so I think he barely squeaked it out, Kate. I think we're lucky we got someone who actually knew how to dance winning Dancing with the Stars. Now, Kate, just one about the structure. I really liked this season of Dancing with the Stars because it was short. They have that double elimination. They got rid of like people right and left from the beginning and they had a one hour finale because it kept it tighter. I mean, the problem with Dancing with the Stars in the past, don't you think it it goes on forever? Too long. Oh, and all the packages. I don't need to see you in rehearsals or where you live on your farm. Just dance. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. Okay, but I would like to see more. I'd like to see more athletes dancing in the future. How about you? I agree. I'd like to see a couple surfers maybe just because they're really attractive and they're really good athletes and they're probably naturally tan versus a spray tan. (laughs) I'm for that. That's an excellent (laughs) note. Okay. I'm sure you've passed that along to other people that you know know people. So so we we have no doubt that will happen in the next season, Kate. Okay. (laughs) Okay, let's move on to another TV thing that you had recommended you wanted to talk about. And the moment I saw it in your notes, I was like, yes, we must talk about the Netflix documentary, Wild, Wild Country. What can you say, Kate? That is one wild story. Okay, I was obsessed because a girlfriend of mine is like an expert on cults. And she said, I just want you to take a look at this clip. And what I saw was... 
A group of people rolling out a red carpet while playing flutes. Someone took a dust buster so they could clean a, a red carpet in the middle of Oregon. And I thought, I'm in. <laughs> so basically, Wild Wild Country is the ser- it's a series that tells the story of Rajneesh Puram, which is a utopian community established by the followers of an Indian spiritual guru who drives a Rolls Royce. And his name is Bhagwan Rajneesh. And so they moved to rural Oregon in the early 80s. And what began as a hopeful experiment spiraled in, spiraled in, spiraled into this battle between the Rajneeshis, their rural neighbors, and eventually the state and federal government. Mm-hmm. And it became this national news story. And what's great about it is it there's so many layers to it because it's beyond this religious story. It's about federal charges of immigration fraud, attempted murder, and the largest bioterrorism attack in the in U.S. history. It is spellbinding. And you think with each episode, I don't know how this can get better, but it does. Yeah, you think this couldn't have really happened. This is not real. But they have an unbelievable amount of footage from local news reporters and Portland news reporters. Because I moved to Portland in 88, so all of this had already happened. But believe me, everyone was still traumatized by what had happened in Antelope, I've Oregon. I've never heard this story, though, Kate. Really? That was the thing that surprised me. I don't know how I missed it. Maybe my kids were young or whatever. I mean, so this is all very new news to me. So... I'm afraid that probably, um, you know, Peter Jennings did maybe three segments that were about three minutes at a time because, you know, we live in a time now where there's so much information and I could see how this sort of got tucked away into history. But I think it is sort of relevant now because it was the first time that this like a, a spiritual guru really married Western capitalism and Eastern mysticism. And I think people are still sort of interested in that now. Um, and then personally, what was funny is that I have a girlfriend who was an actress in Hollywood and she lived across the street from this Rajneeshi mansion that they moved to after they shut down the, um, the utopian city. Uh-huh. And she said that it was the craziest thing because she would drive past and it would be all of these people in monochromatic clothes dancing and they just look like they were hypnotized. Mm-hmm. So I'm just always fascinated why, why people pack up their lives and they, you know, will follow someone. And the greatest thing about the, the, the series is that they track down people who are part of it and to see whether or not they still sort of follow those beliefs. And some did and some didn't. Um, so I always like things where you kind of revisit a situation years and years later, but the real, mo- the actually the most interesting person is this woman named Ma Anand Sheila, who was the basically the second in command. And I think that all of these years later, as women, we watch this woman on screen and we're we're captivated by the power that she had um, and how she was fighting the local authorities. And you can't really wrap your brain around whether or not she was. Guilty or not? I mean, clearly I think she was pretty degree. guilty. I'm, I, my brain is <laughs> but, but, fully but I mean, wrapped I mean, around the idea of being guilty. We look at her maybe, and we wouldn't look at her in the same way as maybe we would have in 1980 if we were in the middle of the news story. It's like history, make, uh, maybe because of the Me Too movement and, um, you know. I don't know, Kate. I mean, here are some. for people. crazy. That, yeah. I mean, she doesn't look crazy when she's talking because she's now, what, in Switzerland or Germany or somewhere running old folks' homes. Or She seems very benign now. But, you know, what makes this story so spectacular is that it included things like 
poisoning an entire town with salmonella to try to depress voter turnout. Like they were literally spraying salmonella on salad bars around town. Yes. I mean, I can, come that on. Is, that was that blew my mind. Yeah. I mean, I just so after watching one of these episodes, I really had to like take a shower, you know, <laughs> they were. Well, I, think, I think that's what I'm, uh, I was kind of caught by. I'm like, uh, I feel like the, the directors and I did interview them for my podcast and I listened I really, to that. That was a great episode. We will put a link to that episode of yours in our show notes today. Oh, thank you. I, what the thing, the thing that I still grapple with is how, how much the uh, Rajneesh was instructing these people to do these things. Because in the documentary, he's, it, the focus is not on him. Right. So I feel like he kind of got away with everything. I, I think agree. that that's what bothers me most. Mm-hmm. I, I totally agree with that. I would have liked to have heard more about, was he giving her direction? I mean, he was allegedly taking on a vow of silence for a lot of the time when all of this happened. I don't buy that. I don't buy that he was just letting Sheila do whatever she wanted. I mean, and again, for people that have not seen this yet, part of what they were doing was like dumping antipsychotic drugs into kegs of beer. They went all over America to try to take over this town of Antelope, Oregon. They collected homeless people from cities all over America and moved them to the town and then registered them to vote. It was a fairly massive operation to take over a town and then an entire county in the middle of nowhere, Oregon. So a lot of what is fascinating, I thought, are also the interviews with the local people who were already there, who were there before. They were fantastic, the they were fantastic weren't they? They were like scripted characters. So almost. great. Yeah, yeah. Now let me ask you guys this. If, you, if it were 1980... Would you have been the uh, the person that's living there, or would you have been one of the Antilopians fighting them? <laughs> I do not see myself as part of an ecstatic sex cult, Kate. That, I don't think, ever would have been, like, the ecstatic dancing and free sex. I know that sounds good on paper. Um, that's just not... <laughs> That's just not my deal. That's not how I roll. How about you, Julie? Kate, Kate, I grew up in a big group. We have I have seven brothers and sisters. Liz, you know, yeah. the whole crowd. So joining another big group, not for me, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I like my own little family. How about you, Kate? Could you, like, but for the grace of God, could you en- have ended up in an operation like this? Okay, first of all, I'm such a loser. I've never smoked a cigarette or even had a cup of coffee. Not because I'm some, like, weird religious person. I just hate the smell of coffee. So, um, no, me doing drugs and free sex, I'm Irish. I get out of the shower with goggles on. Mm-hmm. I'm not interested in sharing my body with anyone. <laughs> so, no, I would not. But And I'm very, I used to, I just studied uh, political science and worked at the White House when I was younger. So, I would absolutely be an antelopian. I would be fighting this cult, no doubt about it. <laughs> okay, let's make a transition here as long as you mention sharing your body. So you have you have four kids. You have four good kids. Work, Liz. <laughs> I see where you're going with this. I don't know. That's a good question. Go ahead, Liz. You have four kids and a fifth on the way. Congratulations. When is the new baby due? The new baby is due the beginning of August. Now my due date is the 14th, but they've instructed me that since I'm an old hag, that they would prefer that I not go over day four, or, you know, my, my, the last day of my pregnancy. So I don't know. I'm a little bit nutty about numbers. I would like the baby to be born on August 8th, but I realize that's a, that's a very oh. popular Asian number. So yes. I probably have no chance. So I'm, I'm gunning for the 11th, but mm-hmm. we'll see if she wants to drop it like it's hot before the due date. <laughs> okay. So it's, you said she, so you know, you're having a baby girl. Okay. 
And what's the what's the mix in your family with your other children? So this is my fourth girl. I have a girl, a boy, a girl, a girl. Now, when we did the reveal, my husband hit a tennis ball into the air. I had convinced myself that it was a boy, and my I was sitting next to my son. If you go to my Instagram at Kate KateKCCA, you can see the reveal. And you will see that my husband hits the tennis ball, pink explodes, everyone cheers, and my hu- my son, Jack, starts to cry. <laughs> and I start to cry because I feel so bad because he really wanted a brother. And to this day, really, even this morning, you said, you know, I really would appreciate it, your a brother. And I told him, you need to speak to your father about that because I basically had to finagle everything in the world to make sure that I had another baby. So it's really up to you to make this happen for me. <laughs> That's good that you have your your children interceding in your family planning. I like that. Absolutely. We're a team. Okay. So do you have a name picked out yet, Kate? I don't. So I'm looking for suggestions. My oldest is Amelia after Amelia Earhart, but we call her Mia. My son is Jack for Jack Kennedy. Then my daughter Hayes, H-A-Y-E-S, is after President Hayes. Okay. And then my fourth is a little girl and her name's Sutton, S-U-T-T-O-N. Okay. Okay. All those right. are all so, super solid names, Kate. Well done. Thank you. So send me suggestions if anybody has one. Okay. All right. We'll work on that. So, Kate. So, how does it? What are the? What's the ages of your children? And how does this work with all this TV viewing, all this podcasting? How do you make it happen? So my kids are eight, six, four, and two. Mm-hmm. I. You're so busy. That's <laughs> that's that's a lot. Okay. Go ahead. But I'm a really good multitasker. And I think because I'm older now, and this is like my second chapter in life, um, I'm just, I'm really good at time management. I think that's something that comes with age, which is great. This is my second chapter in life because my first chapter I spent doing media consulting for global law firms. Mm -hmm. So after a while, I kind of got burned out by that. So I really do believe that if you like what you, what, what you are doing, you make time for things. Mm -hmm. So I watch television shows, um, early in the morning before the kids get up. Um, when I work out, I, cause I have to work out every day because I don't drink coffee. Um, so I'll like squeeze (laughs) in when I work out, I write even when I'm sitting in carpool, um, I kind of move interviews around their activities during the day, but I do a lot of TV watching at night once they've gone to bed. Yeah. What is your, what's your policy with your kids and TV watching? Do you have like how many hours a day or, you know, during the school week, what's your policy? They don't really watch that much television. Uh Um, There are some TV shows like family shows that they like to watch with me. Like I said, dancing with the stars. Mm-hmm. They're more, you know, I think that this generation are less interested in, in TV. They're really more like my son's really into Minecraft or my daughter's oh, yeah, really right. into, um, like she loves to watch YouTube videos of this woman who teaches like painting. So they're different. Like I was the kind of kid, like I was sort of like a latchkey kid. I watched general hospital when I was way too young. So, um, I'm like a different kind of kid. My kids, I find this generation, they're much more interested in other things. They don't really want to sit down and watch an episode of like bunked or whatever, bug juice or whatever is on TV. <laughs> Oh, that is true. That is true. And where are they stashed right now? And then we got to go. Like, so are, how do you find quiet in your home? Because we interviewed Elizabeth Edwards one time. This was obviously years ago before she passed away. Her. Oh, she was oh, so great. Her. But she was hiding in her car, Kate, when she talked to us. And the kids were like in the house with some new toys. So that was her gambit. <laughs> 
Yeah, one of them's right next to me with a bandana over her mouth. No, um, three of them are at school right now. Um, and one of them is downstairs. And um, yeah, I mean, that's the other thing too, is like I, my kids are spaced out. So three of them are in school most of the day. So that gives me plenty of time to sit on the couch and smoke cigarettes and drink whiskey. Okay. 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 Well, this has been- well, you keep doing that, Kate. This has been a pleasure to have you on Satellite Sisters. As a stunt sister, Kate, we hope you can come back often because you- you well, feel- not, only, not only that, I want you guys to come on my show, but I'm going to force you to watch a reality television show, but I'm going to make it so outside of your wheelhouse that it'll be totally. extremely funny. Totally. Okay. We will, we will do that. In our show notes, we're going to have all kinds of links so that you can all connect with Kate, listen to her podcast, which is um, Reality Life with Kate Casey. So thank you for coming on. We also wanted to thank Sheila and Monica for making another appearance on today's show. They did our Tuesday Trends. That was fun, wasn't it, Julie? <laughs> it was just great to have um, Sheila and Monica with us today. Always good. We want to thank our engineer, Sergio Enriquez, uh, for working his magic there in the booth. Okay, our to-do list for the week. Uh, Julie, what's your big item on your to-do list this week? Uh, to make some mac and cheese, Kate, you might be able to relate to this. I'm going to have three of my grandchildren with me for the next six days. So Whoa. it's the go-to food for a lot of kids. Uh, so some mac and cheese is going to be made today. Okay. That sounds good. Kate, anything pressing on your to-do list for the week? Um, I have to sign my kids up for summer camp, oh, which yeah. is annoying. I need a whole matrix for it, and um, it's going to be super annoying. <laughs> <laughs> Liz, what do you have going on? Well, I have one thing I'm looking forward to on Thursday night, Julie, because I'm an Emmy voter. As I've mentioned before, I get invited to all these panel presentations of people that want to win an Emmy. So Samantha B is in town on Thursday night, and our former executive producer, Corny Cole, and I are going to hear uh, Samantha B talk about her TV full her TV show, Full Frontal. So I am super psyched about that. So, okay, and then it's Memorial Day weekend, and boom, the summer has started. So you're right, Kate, that, those camp sign-ups, tick-tock, tick-tock. I know, way to, way, way to get late to the game. <laughs> I think you're really late, Kate. I, I didn't want to hurt your feelings or make you feel guilty, but <laughs> it's, it's way too late to sign up for summer camp. Well, okay. you know what that means. The kids are going to be watching lots of General Hospital this summer. <laughs> okay. Hey, well, all speaking of TV, I did want to mention that Sister Leon and I are going to do our finale recap of Madam Secretary next week. So we have that as a, a separate podcast at Satellite uh, Sisters Talk TV. So next week, it was a very exciting finale this past week. We're not going to talk about it today, but next week you'll be able to hear our comments. Okay, that is it for us. Thank you so much for listening. We are the Satellite Sisters. Don't forget, call your Satellite Sisters.